0: It felt like my soul had been someplace else for
1: a really, really long time. I entered into the eye of the storm of grief that I had been carrying. I I began to cry. The littlest thing
0: would just send me into an anxiety spiral. Like, it's just one little thing. Why is this little thing ruining my day?
1: Elysinia is a unique psilocybin retreat based in
0: Mexico with a focus on meditation, neuroscience, and brain health. I had zero doubt that this was something that I was gonna go through and actually do.
1: That self-compassion sort of has trickled into every little part of my life. I hadn't laughed that hard
0: in so long.
1: The profoundness with which I experienced like reality, the magnitude of the beauty
0: was just completely overwhelming.
1: Andy, it's so nice to see you again. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and why you decided to come to Ellicinia?
0: Well, good morning, Tanya, and good afternoon, your time. Yeah, I'm super excited about doing this. I've been, I've been up most of the night making some notes. So yeah, look, I'll start. My name is Andy. I'm 61 years old. I live in a place called Noosa in Australia. It is a small seaside surfing town, which is about 150 kilometres north of Brisbane. It's in the subtropical zone, so it's a, a very idyllic, awesome place to live. I've been here for almost 20 years. I'm a car wholesaler by profession. I have a partner. Her name is Lexi. We've been engaged for... Approximately four years. And I guess, to be perfectly honest, I've suffered, I recognise now that I've suffered from anxiety and later in life depression, probably from my mid-teens. The anxiety part, because I've got a rather hyper personality, wasn't such an issue in my life. In fact, it was, in some instances, a bit of an advantage. But later in life, it's been wrapped in a cocoon of anxiety slash depression. That led me to the the path, my journey to find a cure, if you like. And it was affecting my relationship. I would become anxious and depressed and I would self-medicate with alcohol. And my partner, Lexi, as the Expert observationist that she is would recognize that this cycle would happen roughly every six weeks. So every six weeks, I would go downhill and I would turn to alcohol and I would binge for three or four days, where I would just tuck myself into bed and turn the TV on and I would not emerge for three days. And at the end of that, I would stop drinking, get sober, and I wouldn't look at a drink for another five to six weeks, but then the same cycle would repeat. So that was a psychological effect on our relationship and particularly on Lexi. And I guess I recognised that she was worth it and she'd had enough. And I had to do something more than talk because that's all I ever did was say, I was, I was gonna do this and I was gonna do that. And I, I, Gunner never did anything really and so then I agreed to go to a psychologist and then on to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist prescribed me an SSRI which I took and after two or three weeks I became very very ill on it and it had a really strange effect on me. It affected my short-term memory in other words I'd go to a supermarket and totally lose track of where my car was so I went back to the psychiatrist and I told him this and he said, yeah, it's not uncommon. You can, we'll try another SSRI and that's a normal thing. One might in suit, we'll find one that does. So I tried another after two weeks, I'm losing my car again and, you know, felt nauseous. And I decided, no, this is not it. I'm not doing this. That was my experience with a psychiatrist and that was my journey to try and find something apart from traditional medicine and, you know, psychiatrist therapy, if you like, which led me to looking for an alternative means.
1: Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that, Andy. Did you have a part in choosing Ellicinia? I know you guys are far, so.
0: Okay. I've I've got a really good answer for that, I think. Once I decided that the SSRIs were not effective on me and I didn't want a a lifetime of being nauseous or being numb from them, you know, I don't want to live on a Valium or something like that. That's how it felt. So suddenly in the Australian news started creeping in this conversation about psychedelics use in psychotherapy, if you like, and also MDMA, ecstasy, in post-traumatic stress syndrome, right? So... I thought, great, oh, this is going to be awesome. Here's something new. I realized that the ecstasy is not natural, but the psychedelic, the mushroom is. And so I would love to give this a go. So I decided to research this online. And Australia are crowing about how we're one of the first, and I think Oregon and a few other places where we were up there. Well, when I learned the truth of it, the truth of it was that the government would select very, very few recommended psychiatrists that were allowed to administer it. And it was only actually being able to be administered to people that had depression that was not being able to be treated medically. So bottom line was, for me, for someone with my condition who wasn't perhaps psychotic or it would be, you know, years and years and years down the track. And by that time, I figured my relationship's got to be over. I need help now. So the argument it press about being able to use in Australia was not going to happen. And that led to my journey. I need to, I want to do this. I would researched this. I believed it blindly, but I believed it. So then became a worldwide search of retreats where this was legal. And not only did I research Mexico, I researched Europe, Spain, Netherlands included, Latin America, South America, Mexico, the few states that do this in America, and then of course researching this, a number of the retreats had their own like their own home videos where you find their site, and then they'll give a two or three minute a YouTube video where they explain how their retreat evolved and what they do in their retreat. And almost without exception, every one of these had this sort of uh, woo-woo appeal to it there would be a bunch of people sitting with bohemian looking clothing around a campfire with beads around them etc etc and I've got nothing against that it just didn't resonate with me and then I came across Ellicinia and there was this very attractive blonde middle-aged female doing a fireside chat looking well-groomed, well-dressed, eloquently spoken and gave this two or three minute explanation of her journey and obviously hers, this is Jess we're talking about and Jess's was a headache thing, she had a pain management thing going on that she wanted to resolve and her story and her science-based explanation and the team members that she included, of course you're an integral part of that and Josefina, et cetera, et cetera, It all made perfect sense to me. And I thought, and I'm a salesman at heart, and I thought, my God, if I showed this to my partner, Lexi, this is the hook. This is the bit that's going to get her. She knew that I was researching this and I said, oh, I would like you to have a look at this this lady who gives this YouTube directed on her retreat in Mexico. So I played it to her within, before it had finished, she was asking me, can I go there for support? Can I come with you for support? She was in. She was all in just on Jessica's explanation. And she'd also viewed a few of the other ones that I'd seen before. So that was the selling point for Ellicinia. It was game, set and match as soon as we watched that.
1: Amazing. Okay, so when you guys arrived and settled in, were you still feeling like this was the one and you were hyped and ready the first night?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I should say that to backtrack, that, that I thought when I agreed to take Lexi, I thought that maybe that's not such a good idea. I thought that maybe that would inhibit my own experience, that I wouldn't be able to be myself. But I'd agreed to it and essentially I wanted to there, but I did have those ex- anxieties. So anyway... The travel from Australia was 30 odd hours. It was terrible and long and we spent two days in Mexico City so we could acclimatise. Then there was meeting at the hotel with the other guest for the bus ride to, am I going to say it right, Valle de Bravo? And as soon as I got on that bus, as soon as we got on that bus, and I won't use anyone's names, but there was three or four other participants that I knew I would connect with immediately and given that I'd listened to your podcasts and I mean all of them I've never researched anything but I researched the crap out of this I listened to all your members podcasts and I listened to all your team members podcasts as well you included Josephina, Tyler, Andrew who's no longer with you and so on Jay and so on and so on. So, yeah, I was ready and I I knew from the time that I got on that bus and looked at those other participants that I would have a completely different connection for them at the end of the retreat and nothing more is true and I'm still in touch with those people. So, yes, arriving at Ellison, was everything. It was kind of weird because we arrived in the bus and all you guys were lined up to the left of the gate And I knew you all because I'd seen your faces so much on podcasts and on the website, et cetera. I said to Lexi, that's Josefina, that's Tanya, that's Tyler, that's Jess, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it was right. I absolutely loved it. The orientation when we got there, I mean, it was two or three o'clock in the afternoon. It was meeting all the other guests, having a wander around. The thing that I remember being introduced to your room, etc. the thing that I remember most about the first day was a fireside chat that I, apart from in the afternoon, we did a little thing with Josefina where she gives you a few words. Now, I won't tell you what those words were. Each person goes to Josephina; She gives you some words to reflect on, does a little ceremony, waves some smoke, whatever she does. But those three words, it was like, Lexi had had a conversation with her way before she'd got there. She knew exactly where I was at and she had met me for 30 seconds. So I was pretty super impressed. Anyway, that night we're sitting beside the fire and I think the other, most of the other participants had wandered off, gone to bed, whatever. And Jessica's sitting there having a conversation with us and she asked me, she said, What do you want out of this? And I started going into this rant about. I want some of this white noise removed out of my head. I want these little things that annoy me removed, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't really remember exactly what she said, but I got the intention and the inference of what she said. It was kind of like, Andy, you don't know what you're talking about. And I didn't know what that meant then. And I went back to my room and I said to Lexi, do you think I've said something wrong? Did I say too much? And Lexi said, no, no, I think you were fine. But anyway, after the experience, I now know that you don't actually get to decide your experience and what things will be resolved or discovered during that. The medicine does that for you. And that's what she was getting at. And as soon as I'd had the macro day, that was like home run in what she said. I totally appreciate that and got it. So
1: so let's start with macro day. How were you feeling while you were sitting for ceremony and you're about to ingest? And then if you can tell me like step by step what you remember when it first started and what it progressed.
0: Sure. The night before was a fairly anxious slate, as you're sure. And then there is the the breath work. And I'm a fairly hyper anxious person. So I wanted to get it on. And we're doing the breath work. And I'm thinking to myself, come on, let this end. I just want to ingest and go for this journey. So anyway, we do the breath work and the ceremony and we have the medicine and we were told by Emilio to walk across the grassed area, slow steps, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm walking and I'm thinking, you know, not much is happening here. Well, then my entire world changed. There's a hedge that runs along one side of the property there and there's these purple flowers on it and they're jumping out and the cane fields and the palms and the mountain beyond are swaying and, like, things are really weird. And I'm thinking, I'm feeling quite anxious and I am think the first thing that went through my mind is, oh, my God, I've asked, Lexi's doing this at the same time, what have I done? And at that point, Jay or Tyler, can't remember which at that point, he they direct me to a station where I lie down, sit down. And at some point, I think Josephina must have sensed that I was a little anxious. So she came over to me and I was lying down and she was massaging my head. And the words that she was saying were like, let the medicine do its work. And her words were like pure love. I mean, she has this this small tone and it was just the most flowing, magical, musical words that I could imagine. And from anxiety, then I just slipped. Then I just went.
1: So you slipped and, I'm assuming, dropped out of that anxiety and went into a different state of consciousness. So what, what was that like? It was
0: unbelievable look i had all these preconceived notions about how would this was go forget it it was all bullshit everything i thought was com- in the reality was completely different from the time that josefina had settled me and i was in for this ride i felt like i was walking through the most beautiful rainforest and i came into an opening where there was a river the most gorgeous river just flowing over rocks kind of rapids and I'm standing on the edge of this river and I can sense that the that the river bank is quite wet. It's slippery. But 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 I'm not slipping. I'm just staring at this water and it's flowing and it looks so inviting and I just want to get in there. But I'm still a little nervous. I don't really want to jump in. Then I realize that my feet are slipping from under me and I'm sliding down the bank and I'm a little nervous but I'm thinking well I've got to go with this. I've got to lean in and I go into this river and it's like falling into a room temperature vat of honey. It was just the most delicious cocoon you could imagine. And I'm rolling these waves. It was like one emotional wave of ecstasy after the other. It was fantastic.
1: Wow. And so the challenging part was first settling in. I like how you described that and then getting through to that space of peace and Joy. Now, were there additional challenging parts as these waves were coming and hitting you?
0: No, no. From then on, nothing was a struggle from there. You know, to be honest, the first 10 or 15 minutes, there was a mixture of anxiety and the unknown. This was the first time I'd ever done that. But from the time where I slipped into that river and no, there was nothing. I was just free flowing. It was just wild and wonderful And by the same token, there was at no point during my entire experience, which was five hours, six hours, did I not, What did I lose any reality? I mean, yes, I lost, you know, was able to dip into this wonderful world, but I was also able to pull out of that world and ask my guides how Lexi was. And I know I did that to ad nauseum, a number of times and they would give me the same answer whether it was true or not all the time that she was fine and it was her thing and I should just enjoy my own blah 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 but it was so easy to slip in and out of that and uh, I, I should say that Jay he was he has this this gruff this gravel voice and whenever I felt a little bit like I wanted to just pop back into reality to check on my world to check on the people that I love see that everyone was okay he was there i'd ask him he'd be there in that voice he was like the the rock of gibraltar he just it was fantastic to to know he was there and all my guides were fantastic but he was he was the 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 rock in my experience he was the one that i could bounce off at any time and i could choose to bounce when i wanted to bounce it didn't bounce me it's interesting because once i was in that flow i was prepared to try other things in other words I asked for my headphones and music and I listened to that and while the music was perhaps better than normal, it really wasn't my thing. I could feel the sun and the wind and that felt really pleasant but it wasn't really my thing during the experience but I did find out what my thing was and that was talking to my guides. It was conversation for me. It was the most hilarious comical conversation I had this whole pantomime this play this stage show going in my mind where I was employing Jessica into a band and we were all talentless we couldn't play any instruments and I was firing them and hiring them and talking to them and Jay was doing some legal work for us it was a conglomerate of conversation and I could hear Jessica and you and others laughing and I would wondered whether I was actually being funny. Maybe I'm just being an absolute dick. And I remember coming out, you know, and popping out and saying, Jess, did what I said, you know, you're laughing, but are you just amusing me for the sake of it? Or is this actually funny? She said, yeah, yeah, Annie, this is hilarious. I wish I could record this, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I had this whole, and I didn't want to leave it. I did not want to leave it. It was the most it was just so fantastic. I would close my eyes, and this beautiful roller coaster of cosmic colors that I don't even have names for were just, they were like poker machines. They were just, that didn't cost me anything. It was just fantastic. And the conversation, I could just think of one liners one after the other. I think Jessica said to me, she said, I thought you weren't going to top your one liner, and I'd come back five minutes later, and you just did. You know, whether or not that's actually true in hindsight, I don't know. But there was a lot of people laughing. So I guess it made me feel wonderful. It was an absolute joy. It was a pleasure. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and you were really bathing in it. And not a lot of people move into this space. Everybody's different. Some people like to have conversation. And you really just dropped in and allowed it. And so that's wonderful that that felt so freeing and so joyous. And so fun and wonderful and blissful. So then as the day was coming to a close, how were you feeling what started to come as that phase started to end?
0: Can I say something else? Because it needs to be said, is that I can't be sure of the time frame here. Perhaps it was about two, two, two to three hours in, but at some point I needed to go to the toilet. And uh, I needed uh, a little bit of assistance to get there, a little bit of guidance. And I think it was Tyler and Jay they helped me to the loo and so I went to the loo and that was great and necessary and I came out of the loo and coincidentally enough I ran into Lexi there and I think I turned to Jay and I said is it okay if I give Lexi a hug I hadn't seen her she'd been in her own experience it's the first time I'd hooked up with her physically in three hours And let me tell you, when we embraced, it was a merging of souls. I can liken it to like this, is like during my experience, I had love for everybody around me, for everyone holding my hand, you, Jay, Tyler, Emilio, everyone who was there. And I could have hugged you at any one moment. But the difference between connecting with somebody that you have a historical love for is amazing. It was like our souls just merged together. At that one point, the love was outstanding and all-consuming. And that's not just from, whoa, what happened?
1: I know that hug was so meaningful for you because you guys took a picture in that exact same spot before you left. So after that hug, what happened? What was the next thing?
0: The next thing was that we returned to our stations And I immediately jumped back into my pantomime with fellow guides and it was just fantastic. I loved it. It was so funny and it was great. And I remember looking up uh, to Emilio and the guy has just got the most empathetic voice and manner. You could not not feel love for the guy, for anyone that was holding your hands. And he's just got this beautiful manner And he's laughing with his accent and I'm having this conversation and I can hear Jessica killing herself in the background and I don't think I ever heard Jay laugh. He is an ex-lawyer, so, you know, who knows? It was lovely to dive back in and I remember coming out of the experience and I remember at that point another participant there I had connected with and I was now moving around and chatting with him and we were having the time of our life together. It was just so funny. Yeah, shortly after that, I sobered up, if you like, and connected back with Lex. And we sat at a station and discussed our experience and we moved around and chatted with other participants. And then, of course, over dinner, we had many conversations. And our prior conversation was that I'd been... Fucking around with this engagement for four years. And I just decided, and we both decided collectively, we, we're doing it now. All these difficult things that we put in as roadblocks, as red flags here, because Lexi lives 150 kilometers away. I live in the beachside town. She comes up every Friday, goes back every Tuesday, works down there. She's got two grown up boys. And we're thinking, All these roadblocks I put in the way, how do we amalgamate these lives? And the medicine just took those roadblocks and smashed through them with a hammer. There was just no reason we couldn't make this work. So yeah, out of that was a lot of talk about how we're going to get married and how we're going to amalgamate that. And all those little problems, they didn't appear anymore. They were there, sure enough, but they weren't subject matter of something that's going to stop our progress anymore. So yeah, a marriage came out of it. So awesome.
1: So, okay. And so then the next day is integration day and then you have a DMT experience. How was that day for you?
0: The integration was great. It was a great conversation I had with you. Since then, you've sent me that recording. I've replayed that a few times. I replayed that last night to remember bits and pieces of what I wanted to say today. The DMT for me, the macro, was such a hard act to follow. The four to six hours of pure comedic relief and ecstasy of this warm honey flow and love and conversation and connection with everything conversation-wise was just so good. So it DMT, while it was great and while another member described it as a psilocybin on steroids... For me, it was good, but it was over too soon. The macro was just so hard to follow. On the other hand, Lexi, she had a great experience. And I remember other participants saying that it was better than the macro for them. And some of them thought the macro was better like me. So yeah, it's different courses for horses.
1: And I know you enjoyed the cultivation course and you've already got that up and going. And right, you're excited to continue...
0: Yeah, the cultivation course, I was already geared up. I found that quite of uh, counterintuitive when I saw it on the website. I thought, why is this Jess and Tonya, why are these people offering to teach you to make your own medicine? And it sounds counterintuitive to the business model. And I asked Jessica about this and she did explain it. And I certainly understood it where pain management was concerned. You can't be in Oregon or Brisbane or the Netherlands or whatever and have to travel to get another dose, etc. cetera. It would be crazy. So I understand why that existed and she explained it very clearly. And yes, and I can also tell you for anyone listening to this who's in Australia who needs to get some spores to start it is perfectly legal to get your spores through the mail etc etc there is a bit of counter information about that but if you just google it getting spores in australia through the mail or or buying them or passing them on it is no problem whatsoever
1: how do you plan to tie this into your personal wellness practice? Like I know that you said that you have a history of that six-week phenomenon where you would kind of just shut out the world. Are you ready to notice the signs of when you're feeling like shutting down and you're up and ready for another small mini dose at home?
0: Okay, Tonya, here's the thing. Before, this is going to be a very short story. It's a long story. I'll make it short. Before I found Ellicinia, I'd already decided that psychedelic would be uh, something I'd like to try. So I went on Facebook and found a guy that was selling cow manure because I realized from my research that psilocybin mushrooms grow in cow manure. Predominantly, there's something in the ingestion system in cows that makes that very favorable. He lives about 30 kilometers from here. So I go there, I buy the five bags of cow manure thinking I could just toss this in the backyard and in a few weeks I'll have mushrooms well that didn't happen but anyway I was talking to this guy and he was a lot younger he was in his 30s and he was super interested in my story you know and he's told me he said you know what he has got 20 acres he said you know what I take the lawnmower out the back and I run over these mushrooms that start bleeding blue fluid out of them and I'm like mate you know you got to save some for him. So he agreed to, and I thought nothing of it. A month later, I get this text message. So anyway, he came good. So I go out there, I collect these mushrooms. I get them verified on a website, what they are. I don't want to die eating them. So I dry them and store them, but I was too terrified to take them before I'd done Ellicinia. So cut a long story short, I had my own supply to get high back here in Australia. So I have mini-dosed since I've returned and it was wonderful. And as was explained by Jess and I think by you, it's trial and error. You have to figure out is it half a gram, is it one gram, is it 1.2 or whatever. I know what it isn't because it's too much and I know the, the lesser amount. I have a fair idea what will be satisfactory for me. So hopefully with my cultivation, with my... My store, with what I have stored, I'll have enough to get through till my first flush.
1: Wonderful. And I know that it helped at the retreat to have your mini dose. And I remember you saying that the mini dose at the retreat, you didn't feel very much, but Lexi did. Can you tell us about that day and that hike?
0: Lexi had a wonderful experience. Her macro dose was a mixture. It was overall a very positive experience, but she had some tears during it, which is not uncommon. But she moved to another station. She had a really nice time at the foot of the mountain watching the sugar cane and the palm trees and the mountains. Fantastic. But yeah, on the mini dose for the first hour, I tried virtual stuff, trying to relax, eyes shut, breathing. I didn't really get a whole lot of effect, but Lexi had a wonderful time. She had a lovely meditation period where she was laying down with the blanket on her and That was awesome and then for the next four hours it was like she'd had two glasses of champagne for the balance of the afternoon and we went for the walk to the lake and it was pretty muddy and we were wearing thongs which seemed like a really good idea at the time. Turns out it was because the people were wearing shoes. Man, it was just dreadful. So the mud and the plant matter was sticking to her thongs and she thought it was the most hilarious thing and the more she walked the heavier her feet got and we just we just killed ourselves laughing so the mini dose for her was fantastic she loved it she's not sure what her dosage level should be and mine improved from there i had a really smooth second and third hour and it was it was nice but again like i was told by Jess and i think yourself that it is a bit of a trial and error thing and i'm working it out i'm working on it
1: that's wonderful. And I think one of the things that we're speaking of too is, is how you're feeling at home. Like, did you have any post-retreat blues when you got back?
0: You mentioned earlier as a response to what I'd said that I had this six-week cycle. Well, I can tell you now it's 12 or 13 weeks now. I have no desire to medicate with alcohol. It seems ridiculous now that I look back on it. And what I would do is I would self-sabotage my relationships at this six-week point and everything else and just disappear into my three days of alcohol. I am not doing that. And the major thing on returning in terms of my mindset is that even though I'm, the challenges with business are pretty tough right now. Before I left, I would be catastrophizing. the end. I would think, oh my God, I've failed and I'm 61 years old and it's going to be terrible. I don't have that anymore. That's gone. It's not that I don't take every day really seriously and I try my hardest to achieve what I need to achieve in business. In fact, probably harder than I ever have, but I don't have that fear anymore. The fear is it's gone. It doesn't exist. And it's not that I'm flippant about it, but I will get through. And I know now, and I think to some degree, it's really an importance of knowing that there are alter states. It's knowing that there are other realities than the one that I was living and they're not necessarily any less important. So just knowing they're there, knowing they exist is a wonderful
1: That is so beautiful. I really like that you hit the nail on the head with that, that we kind of know that our perception and whether it's negative or catastrophizing, it doesn't have to be the end-all be-all, that we can shift out of it easily. And there's non-ordinary alternate states that are much, much more brilliant, beautiful, and touch and connected. So that was totally beautiful. Thank you. Is there anything else, Andy, that you think that you forgot to mention?
0: Yeah, I think that's something that is ironic, Coming from Australia and only spending two days in Mexico City and then going to the retreat, I'd listen to, of course, all these podcasts and I'd heard all these people speaking about the attention to detail. Once we went to our room on that first night, I think there was a light bulb that wasn't working And I think maybe the pasta we had that night was not as warm as, and I should say the food there, anyone who's a foodie, go, go. I'm vegan and vegetarian and going, the food was outstanding. It was knockout. But anyway, I remember saying to Lex in bed that first night, I said, huh, they're talking about attention to detail. I hope it improves from here. Well, oh my God, don't worry about a light bulb. And the attention to detail was unbelievable. Your schedule was full every day. You knew what was going on every day. Every single question you could think to ask, every need was catered for. And and the macro experience, the way you were cared for, the love that you were given, the reassurance and the guidance was exemplary. It's such a true thing. The attention to detail, the crew that Jessica has put together, it's an Olympic standard. It is a gold medal performance.
1: Oh, Andy, thank you so much. Now you must tell me, did you get that light bulb replaced?
0: <laughs> well, it, it wasn't my. Re- oh, that one. No, we just didn't use that lamp. There was like three lamps in the room. Where you know it was when I arrived there, I was still caught up in my hustle bustle life about my self importance and all those sort of things. I hadn't wound down enough, I was still a neurotic, stressed, argumentative type person. I don't usually research things. I'm guilty of not doing that. I usually jump in. Lexi's the one that researches things, but I research the bejesus out of this. I listen to every podcast, not just Ellicinia's, other ones and et cetera, et cetera. All I would say is that whatever I expected, it was totally different To what I had imagined, but it was so much better. It was so much better. The whole thought of going there and having an experience, and that was going to be the silver bullet, the one thing that changed you on the spot, you were going to wake up after that and be a different person. For me, I wasn't, but I had these tools, these inferences, these things in the background that will serve me for life. Only after do you realize this is a terrible business week, but you know what, and I really care about that, but I don't care. I'm okay to win, lose and draw so long as I'm putting it. And you go, wow, that's a different mindset. And then you know what caused it. So mini-dosing for me, once I find the right level, will be an ongoing thing. You know, I think it'll be that's my level and it's just a matter of figuring out the grammage now.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much, Andy. I love your story because having that conversation of being such a wonderful outlet for you was just marvelous. And we haven't had a guest come on and talk about their experience being bathing in this joyful, playful, communicating with others. So you just did such a good job. And it's just a beautiful example of how different our experiences can be.
0: There's a couple of words I I didn't want to use, and one of them is profound. And the other two words are life-changing, I think it's tied and all, but I will never be the same person, thank God, from my experience at Eleusinia.
1: Oh, Andy, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks, you and uh, everybody. It was, yeah, wonderful.
1: Thank you all so much for listening. You can find all the information that you need to learn everything about this retreat on ElliciniaRetreat.com. We are a retreat that offers ongoing integration support, breathwork classes, and cultivation support after you have attended this retreat. It's an amazing experience that's one of its kind. If you're looking for a science-based retreat, something out of the box, something to change your life, something to add to your practice, this is where you really need to start, AluceniaRetreat.com.